Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Time to get it checked, boy. You want a sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitten on me. What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? Take your best shot, I'ma take the last shot. I'm Jordan in the clutch, boy. You bitten on me. It's time to get it checked, boy. You want a sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitten on me. What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? All righty, guys, that was Pull Up Tay on the intro. Make sure you guys stream his latest project, Life Ain't Fair, and tap into his new single on YouTube, New, featuring Nas B. My guy, Pull Up Tay, always bringing the heat on the intro, man. We definitely been getting, I've been getting some comments about my guy, Pull Up Tay, man, so I'm, I'm glad y'all are enjoying his intro music, man. But... Before we get into it, you know, today, man, make sure you guys are liking this podcast, subscribing to this podcast, sharing this podcast with your friends, family, any Hoops fans you know, or even if they're not a Hoops fan, you know, they're just a fan of some young black brothers trying to get it, you know what I'm saying, share it with them, and uh, make sure you guys show us some love, man, it goes a long way. But nonetheless, we have another episode of the Auto Bid here. We're going to have an interview with DMV's own and George Mason Ford, A.J. Wilson, coming to you guys later on. That's my guy from, from way back in the day, man. He's uh, having a great senior season at George Mason right now. So we'll get that to you guys in a little bit. But as always, you know, we got some uh, some games to talk about, man. But Ace, man, what's up, man? Talk to me, man. How you, how you doing today, my guy? Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Feeling great. You know, it's always it's always great if you can come on and uh, talk about college basketball. You know, so I'm excited for this episode. Like like Drew said, we had a great interview later on. My guy AJ Wilson, some classic stories. So let's get into it, man. Let's get it. Yes, sir. So first thing I gotta get off my chest, man. And we mentioned this a little bit last week, man. But I mean, the A10 is absolutely destroying themselves. <laughs> 
I mean, when we're talking about this this uh, non-conference bids, and you know, I, I know you're going to get into this a little bit later as far as the Mountain West, but I just kind of want to share this tidbit here. You know, just a little example of how the A10 is absolutely shooting themselves in the foot right now. So. Uh, Boise State, Colorado State, San Diego State, and Utah State. Now, this is before uh, this was before a loss to UNLV. So this is the caveat. This week came out before uh, before that game. But Boise State, Colorado State, San Diego State, and Utah State have gone a collective twenty five and zero against the rest of the Mountain West Conference and have not yet lost a game to a team outside the net top one hundred or Kempom top one hundred. Just might be a four bid league if that trend continues another month. That's a major league. Mountain West doing a great job with the top teams, not losing to the bottom teams in that league. Now, um, my guy Kevin Sweeney, you know, kind of gave a little tidbit of mid major leagues maximize bids by not letting the top lose to the bottom. Mountain West passing that test with flying colors so far. Now, one of the conference that's not passing that test with flying colors, the Atlantic 10, because this past weekend, LaSalle goes to Richmond and hands the Spiders a loss, 84 to 78. Now, this is a, a LaSalle team, man. I, I obviously, you know, very well-coached team. You know, Ashley Howard's a great coach, and they got some young guys that are that fighting to kind of establish the culture over there. But, I mean, this is this is a, a LaSalle team that I saw play George Mason. I mean, got absolutely obliterated by about 30 points. I mean, it shot the ball. Didn't, I think they were 18 for 52. Uh, from the field that game, I mean, and they go on the road to Richmond and beat one of the top teams in the Atlanta 10. This is not a recipe for success um, if you're the Atlanta 10, man. I mean, that, that game was a, a game that you absolutely cannot have. LaSalle team has already gone on the road and beat Dayton. Now they go on the road and beat Richmond. I mean, Richmond, I mean, I, I don't really want to say they're done as far as at-large bid, but, I mean, they're, they're as good as done at, at this point when, you, when you're talking about at-large bid. I think that it will take a – an astronomical run and finishing in Atlanta 10 to get them back in that discussion, man. But, you know, when you drop games like that, man, it is extremely, extremely tough. You know, for sure. The, the A-10 is definitely in trouble. We spoke about this a lot on this podcast. And another one happened just last night. I mean, Dayton goes to St. Louis and beats St. Louis on his home court coming off a pause. I mean, Dayton is an interesting team because, like, like you said, they, had, they lost to LaSalle. Um, they also have a loss to, I want to say, uh, like UMass or, or somebody else beat them. They would have lost to, I'm going to get to in a second. Um, but they, but then they, they, they went and they beat St. Louis, who's a top 25 team. Obviously, St. Louis hasn't played a game in over a month. So definitely, definitely was a factor in that one. But I mean, St. Louis is, is, is arguably the best team in that, in that league. I mean, that's the highest ranked team, the only team ranked in the top 25 right now. And they lose to Dayton, um, who is, who is for, 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 if we're being honest, they're probably not going to be an NCAA tournament team this year. So, I mean, the A-10 is, is definitely in trouble, man. I mean, I don't see them getting – I think VCU still has a good shot. They don't really have any bad losses on their resume right now. Um, so I would still give them a shot uh, at the at-large. St. Bonaventure are trending in the right direction as well um, because obviously they're, they're you know, 8-1 on the season, 6-1 um, in the 8-10. The only thing about the Bonnies is that they don't have any non-conference wins. You know, they, they, they beat Hofstra, a team with Hofstra win, which obviously after Hofstra got split by Northeastern and – Got some other CAA games. That one isn't looking as impressive as it once did. And then they have a victory against Akron, you know, which which is, you know, I mean, it, it, it's an okay win, but it's not that's not a re- one that's going to move the needle at all, you know, for a St. Bonnie's team. So I think they have to – Bonnie's, they have, they're going to have to keep winning some games in the A-10 if they want to kind of get themselves into the at-large category. But the A-10 is definitely uh, in grave danger. Even – I think uh, I tweeted this over there. They, they're, they're approaching one big territory. I mean, if I think if, if St. Louis were to – lose the 18 tournament, they can still get an at-large bid. At this point in time right now, 
But if, if they keep losing games to the bottom half of that conference, St. Louis isn't getting that large bid. Um, like you said, Richmond, I'm pretty sure, is, is at, at this point, um, all but out of the at-large conversation. Um, so that leaves, you know, VCU, uh, St. Bonaventure, maybe, you know. But, I mean, and, and, and that's, 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 you know, wishful thinking probably. So a is definitely in trouble for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, Dayton goes to St. Louis and gets that one over St. Louis, man. But it's crazy because a few days before that, Dayton got smacked. Absolutely smacked by VCU. I mean, they lost 66 to 43 in a game that was like, I believe it was 66 to like 33 or 30 before VCU pulled all their subs. I think, I'm, yeah, VCU pulled all the subs and Dayton going for like a 6 0 or 8 0 run uh, at the end of the game to make it look a little bit more respectable, even though a 23 point loss is still not very good. But I mean, VCU absolutely destroyed Dayton. Bones Highland goes for 28. You know, and VCU held Dayton a 30% shooting from the floor and 15% shooting from three, mind you. They finished the game with, with 43. But like I said, for about 39 minutes, these guys were in the 30s, like 30s for the game. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just it's, it's, it's crazy, man, that team could basically, you know, score 30 points, you know, uh, throughout the majority of a Division One game and then go and beat a ranked team like St. Louis uh, the very next time out. So, I mean, like I said, man, they, A-10 is, is, is definitely struggling right now, man. Um, they're going to need their, their, their top teams to really rally here in the second part of the season. Now that we're, we're going in, in, into February now, you know, we know, already know conference tournament time is, is, is in March. So, I mean, this last month of the season, they're going to need a stellar performance out of their top teams if they're hoping to really have a chance at being a multi-bid league. Not for sure. I don't know how likely that is just because of, just because of, we know, you know, how difficult it is to win on the road in college basketball. Conference play is is, is treacherous. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a monster, you know what I mean? And you're seeing that across all leagues, you know, the Big Ten, the ACC, the Big 12. I mean, the Big 12 had, had a, it's a mid-major podcast, but, I mean, we've seen Oklahoma pick up two huge wins this week. I mean, teams are winning games, man. Texas just lost after that to Oklahoma, and after that comes out of Oklahoma beat Kansas. I mean, it's hard to win on the road in, in conference play, man. So, um, and there's some sneaky, there's, there's some teams in the A10 that are sneaky, man. Like like that, that, like a team like a UMass can get you on any given night. Obviously, we've seen them, we've seen them beat beat, beat um, URI. Even George Mason is sitting at four and four right now. You know they're, they're they're a feisty team. You know they aren't they aren't you know the most glamorous team. They don't have any any like you know superstar type players, but they have a lot of good players, a lot of solid players. Um, whereas if they if they get they catch you on a, on a bad night, they can definitely you know catch a few catch a few losses. Um, so it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough treading in, in the A-10, but definitely definitely uh, something to watch. But, I mean, if I were to put a number on it, I would say the A-10 probably gets two teams in the tournament. If that would be – if I were to put a number on it right now. Yeah, for sure, man. Definitely going to be interesting, man. But to the MAC, man, we also had some some, some MAC, MAC action or some some, some action, as some say. Um, we had a big-time big time matchup between St. Peter's and Siena. Um, St. Peter's leader was still that first game, you know, uh, at Siena. You know, Casey and Defo had 16 points. You know, a guy, despite the loss, Jordan King with 21 again in that game for, I think, the, the third straight game going over 20. Um, so, I mean – I think Sienna has found maybe not even their third option. I mean, he, he's looking like he might be a second option or maybe, I mean, he, he's outscored Pickett in the last couple of games, but um, he has 21 in the loss for, for Sienna in that game. But then, you know, Sienna rebounds and what my guy Kevin Sweeney called 
perhaps the ugliest game he's ever seen. Um, Sienna gets the win in uh, in night two um, to, to 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 get a split. Um, but that was that was a, a, a great series, man. Sienna still, you know, sitting atop the MAC at seven one. That was their first loss, you know. Um, but um, you know, none, none, nonetheless, you know, uh, Sienna finally gets that first that first loss. You know, St. Peter's kind of able to steal one, you know, against the Saints, man. But you know, what do you think about that? It's, yeah, man. I mean, how about that? How about game two? Sienna wins forty-seven to forty. I mean, I mean that that is the first half score in ninety percent of college basketball games this year. I mean, but we we know oh, we know how pesky of a, you said what? No oh, rocks in the room, right? I mean, we know how pesky of a team defensively St. Peter's is, man. But I mean, Jesus, forty-seven to forty final score. I feel bad for whoever was watching that game. Honestly, I mean, that that must have been. I mean, literally. St. Peter's shot 26.8% from the floor, and Siena shot 32.6%. I mean, St. Peter's was 15 for 56. Siena was 15 for 46. So you only got a 30 – they only made 30 field goals the entire game. I mean, so that was, that was, that was the definition of, of a rock fight. Siena was able to come out on top. But I think it's a great sign that you, you can go out and win a game like that um, in a game that you, that you only make 15 field goals. I mean, that – that shows a lot about your team to be able to win a game when the ball is not going in the basket. Against a good St. Peter's team, this St. Peter's team is, is good. I mean, most people believe that them to be a top three team in the MAC, um, and for them to be able to come out on top in a game like that shows the character of this team. Um, so that was a huge win for Siena. Um, <clears throat> definitely, always want to try to avoid getting swept. So um, I, I do, I do, I do, I do like the way that Siena was able to was able to play uh, to reroute in, in that game too. Now, for sure, man. So, I mean, that was that was a big game we saw um, in the MAC over the weekend. You know, Quinnipiac was also able to earn a split um, against the Niagara. You know, we 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 had said that. You know, we had thought that. To be honest, Quinnipiac probably needed a sweep. You know, but you know they 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 get the split and then they head to you know Canisius this weekend in the game that's again you know a tough place to play. You know, on the road and on Buffalo. You know, uh, Marison Ryder ended up splitting Quinnipiac and Niagara ended up splitting. So you know, every game in the MAC this weekend ended up being a split. You know, so again, man, it's gonna be tough to get two, man. So yeah, at some point, you you you, you know, as, as the home team, at least, you know, you definitely want to try to protect your home court and try to get two, man. But you know, we know that that's just gonna be tough sledding going on. Not for sure, man. I mean, I think uh, some some wins that, that I saw that were that was surprising. You, you mentioned a little bit one earlier, but UNLV over Utah State. I mean, Utah State was a team that was undefeated in the Mountain West. Um, UNLV was able to was able to beat Utah State. Um, to snap that 24-0 streak for those top four teams. But they're going to play again tonight um, in game two, so we're going to see if Utah State can, can bounce back um, and, and, get, and, you know, and get that split with UNLV. Um, that's, that's from the Mountain West. That, 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 that's a sneaky good league. Um, it really is. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later. Um, but they, they, that, that league, I, I think they have a legitimate chance to get four teams in a tournament. I mean, San Diego State was a team that's ranked in the top 25 um, in the beginning of the year, Utah State is a team that has some great non-conference wins. Boise State, you know, they they have won over BYU in the non-conference, and they're undefeated right now in the Mountain West. Um, and then obviously you have um Colorado State, who has won over San Diego State earlier in the year. I mean, they they have a legitimate shot at, at getting four teams in, in in the tournament. I mean, I don't know if that's gonna last going forward, just because of the fact that you know. Like you said, it's hard to it's hard to win games on the road. So you you go to a UNLV, you go to a New Mexico, you go to a um, Nevada. You know what I'm saying? Those are all games that you could potentially lose. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that league. But um, that that was a huge win, I think, for UNLV to be able to be able to get to get that one over Utah State. I mean, UNLV is not going to the tournament or anything like that. But um, I think it just shows you the fact that you know 
it's going to be tough for, for, for a lot of these teams to, to kind of run the table or, you know, conference, conference plays always just so unpredictable. Um, so that, that was a, a win that definitely uh, stuck out to me. Um, another team I want to make sure that I shout out is our alma mater, the Cobbin State Eagles, man. We're going to talk a little bit more about them a little later in the show, but they were able to get a huge sweep this weekend over Norfolk State. Drew and I was, were there for that game, and, you know, they got some much-needed revenge because, you know, last year we were supposed to play them in the MEAC tournament. Um, Norfolk had swept us the first two games that we played them. I, I unfortunately couldn't play in that second game at Norfolk because I actually tore a bunch of ligaments in my ankle. So I played the first game but couldn't play the second game. Um, but our boys over there uh, avenged that loss to them last year. Um, and, they, and they got a big sweep this weekend. So like I said, we're going to talk a little bit more about them later in the show. But definitely got to give a shout-out to my guys over there in West Baltimore for getting that done. Um, and, and sweeping Norfolk this weekend. But I want to talk about the Patriot League, man. I mean, um, Navy is an impressive 7-1 and one right now in the Patriot League. Um, I mean, that's a team that I definitely um, did not expect to get off to the start that they had. They're sitting at 10-2 and two overall. Um, they were able to get a split this weekend against Army, who we talked about on this show before, obviously, because um, Army has a win over Colgate. Um, earlier in the year, uh, they, they, they split that two-game series, obviously, with, with Colgate, who is a top 25 team in the net rankings right now out of the Patriot League. So the Patriot League hasn't really gotten their due diligence, um, if you ask me. I mean, Navy, the team, like I said, they're 7-1 in the Patriot. Um, they're 10-2 and overall. Colgate, obviously, the top 25 team in the net. They're sitting at 5-1 and um, in the Patriot League right now. Um, and then Army, uh, who's 9-4 and on the season and 5-3 and in the Patriot League. I think the Patriot League is an underrated league um, right now, there's a bunch of good teams. I think the committee realized that obviously having Colgate ranked so high um, in the net. So I definitely want to shout out to those guys. BU obviously um, also was able to get a big sweep this weekend over Lafayette um, to get to three and five in the Patriot League. Obviously, we talked a little bit about them earlier, um, dropping four in a row to Colgate and to Army, both of those being at home. Um, so they were able to get a, get a big weekend sweep over Lafayette. Um, this weekend to get them three and five. But the Patriot League is is, is definitely a league that is um, a little bit underrated, man. Navy's a good team, Army and Colgate. Um, we're going to see Colgate and Army actually go go at it again this weekend as the Patriot League is back to the top of their schedule. Um, you're going to get BU, Holy Cross, Colgate, Army. Obviously, that first weekend, we saw Colgate and Army um, in that bizarre two-game series where um, Colgate won the first game, one-on-one, the 57. I mean, a 44-point margin in game one. But then Army comes back and wins game two, on the next night, um, further highlighting how hard it is to win two games um, in college basketball back-to-back. Obviously, with, with Kobe winning the first game by north of 40 points and then losing that next game by two. But I definitely wanted to give give the Navy midshipmen some love, man. They're at 7-1, and 10-2 and two overall on the season. Um, they have a victory over GW, obviously, um, earlier in, this, in the year. They have a victory over Mount St. Mary's, um, two local teams. So I wanted to make sure that I oh, – and they also beat Georgetown – um, a Big East team. Um, obviously, Georgetown isn't, isn't having, you know, the year that, that they expected to have. But anytime, you know, you can beat a local team like like Georgetown, um, it's huge for them. So for them to be sitting here at 10-2 and two and 7-1, and one, I definitely want to give them their respect. Um, they, are, they are for sure a, a player um, in that Patriot League. Yeah, man. Okay, shout out to the the midshipmen over there at Navy. You know, proving that uh, they're they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. You know, over there um, in the Patriot League. Man, I also want to talk about the the CAA. Man, um, obviously, me and you watched Towson. You know, they um, they were able to get a sweep over UNC Wilmington at home last weekend. But you know, they obviously go to Hartford this weekend on the road. 
um, and they dropped two straight to the Pride. Um, you know, I was hoping that Towson would have been able to get a, a split there just because, you know, in order for them to really cement themselves at, at the top of that CA, but, you know, they ended up dropping those two to Officer. You know, kudos to, to Officer for getting that done. Um, but I think the game that really stuck out to me, man, was James Madison was able to hand North Eastern, you know, their, their first conference loss of the season. Um, I think that was huge, man, for JMU to be, to be able to, to get a split there. And, you know, in that game, we had your former Mount St. Mary's guard, a PG County native, Vado Morse, go for 30 uh, up there versus Northeastern, man. So um, definitely quite the performance, you know, for, for James Madison. Um, being able to, to go up there and, and knock off Northeastern, man. So that was kind of the, 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 the biggest win that I saw in CA this weekend with that, that could have some potential implications, you know, down the line. Yeah, for sure. I, that, was, that was a shocker, too. I mean, JMU, we, we might have to start giving them a little bit of credit, man. I mean, right now they're 2-1 the in the CA. They have a win over Towson, and now a win over Northeastern. They're actually going to play today. Um, JMU and Towson are going to play today. JMU obviously beat Towson earlier in the year without Zane Martin. And Zane Martin, I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll play this, this time around. So that, that's going to be a whole different game. If JMU can beat Towson tonight, or it's just today at 4 o'clock, if they can come out of that, out of that, out of that game tonight with, with, a, with a sweep over Towson, I think we're going to definitely have to start talking, you know, then put some, put some respect on their name. I think Towson needs need, need to get this one tonight um, to get the 3-3 three and three in the CAA. Um, I think that'll be huge for them, obviously. Uh, orders of being restored a little bit in the CAA. Hofstra's at 5-3. Northeastern's at 5-1. I still like Northeastern as the top team in that league, but definitely a surprising result um, for JMU to, to get that win over, over Hofstra for sure. Nah, man. So, yeah, but I, I think that, you know, I think with, with Zane Martin back, I think Towson does need to try to get a split there after dropping that first one um, to kind of, you know, keep their name sort of at, at, at the top of that CAA. At least, you know, in, in fighting contention in there, you know, if you go two and four, they're definitely going to be uh, looking up at a lot of teams, man. Last thing I want to touch on is going to be the American East. Um, NJIT and Stony Brook got a split. Um, so, you know, Stony Brook goes to uh, five and three um, in the American East. Um, right now, man, UBC sitting in first place in the American East, you know, at six and two. Um, Vermont is right behind them at seven and three. You know, so I think that obviously that NJIT is the only Brook, man. You know, for NJIT, they they go to four and six, man. Surprisingly, this is their first year in the American East. Um, and they're struggling so far a little bit, man. They're four and six right now. They really needed to try to get two over Stony Brook and really try to get to, to five and five. They'll really be in um, you know, a little bit of a better position, you know. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, one thing with NJIT, man, is uh, their, their star, man, Zach Cooks, has been having a down year. Um, he only averaged 14 points per game this year so far, you know, in comparison to, you know, in the past. You know, last year he averaged basically 20 a game, 19.7. The year before that, he averaged, he averaged 17.6. So, I mean, he recently averaged 20 and 18 the last two years, and right now he's at 14 a game shooting 34% from the field, 31 from three. So um, I think for NJIT to kind of get back in the picture in the American East, they're definitely going to need him to get back to that 20 points a game that he was scoring uh, last year and the year before. So, um, you know, that remains to be seen. But nonetheless, you know, it looks like right now UNBC and, and, and Vermont are the two top teams. But I think Stony Brook definitely will have something to say about that by the end of the year. Not for sure. I mean, I mean, I remember. I mean, you. Uh, I remember. I played in that game. Our senior at Quinnipiac. We played NJIT. Zach Cooks as a sophomore had like thirty that game. He was absolutely torching everything walking that game. I mean, dude, dude can score. So I mean, it's, it's really surprising to see him struggling like that. As you said, averaging eighteen and twenty the last two years. I mean, it's it's extremely hard to do that on a divisional level. So to see him kind of struggling the way he is, I think that that's that's the the very 
essence of the reason why they are struggling. They need him to be up in that 18 to 20 points per game range um, if they're going to compete in this league. Because I think they're, they are one of they, – they should be a, a, one of the top teams in this league. Um, I think come tournament time, if they can get him going, if they can get him, if they can get him in the rhythm, they'll be a dangerous team come tournament time. Um, they're, they're playing UMBC this weekend. They're, they're having UMBC at home this weekend. So they at, at worst have to come out with a split, I think, um, in, in, in that in that series this weekend. So definitely going to be something to keep an eye on, man. I, I think I think Cooks um, obviously is an amazing player, man. So I think he'll get it going. You know, good good players always find a way to come out of their slumps. I don't think he'll be anything different, man. Um, the last few games that I wanted to talk about. Um, were man, Thurman, my 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 Cinderella, my darlings, man. They they dropped two this week. They lost at VMI and they lost at ETSU this week. So Thurman is human. They are not. They are not. Uh, they are. They, they are. They are indeed mortal. Um, they can lose games. Uh, they they, they went. Uh, like I said two road games, two tough in conference opponents. Man, I mean, it is it is it, it is going to be hard to win games in your in your league on the road. Man, both of those games were, were, were road games. Um, and they dropped both of them, man. So we have a new leader in the SoCon. Wolford is at six and one at the top of that league. ETSU is five and one as well. Um, and then UNCG is five and two. Furman is now four and two. In the SoCon, I still think Furman is the team to beat in that league. Um, you're not going to go undefeated in, in your conference, at least at the mid-major level. Obviously, withstanding Gonzaga because they probably are going to go undefeated in their league, you know, barring anything unforeseen. But it's, you're not going to go undefeated. So I think Furman, you know, th- th- this was a good time for them to take take those losses. Um, and I, obviously, ETU is a very good team. If they're five and one, they won 30 games last year. BMI also is a sneaky good team. They're, they're sitting at three and four right now, but. Um, you know, I, I think it's one of those games where you, you know how it goes. You, you go on the road, you know, conference, conference opponent. It's, it's easy to kind of not have that energy. Um, so Furman, man, they, they are they are mortal, man. They, they lost the game. Um, I have a couple more I want to talk about, but I, I mean, what, what, what's your, what's your kind of thoughts on, on the on the SoCon? Yeah, man, I want to say, man, how about ETSU, man? I mean, you know, they they, they lose the head coach to Forest to Wake Forest, lose tons of guys to graduation. They lost a transfer to Wake Forest as well. Um, I mean, right back in the thick of things, man, five and one, you know. Um, so I mean, that that just speaks to you know that program over there, the guys in that locker room, you know, trying to you know keep the expectation over there high, man. But I definitely want to give them a, a shout out, man, because you know. Anytime you you, you kind of lose a, your, your head coach, it's like a changing of the guard there, man. Like I said, they had tons of guys that left, you know, either through graduation, you know, or um, or via transfer as well. So um, definitely shout out to those guys, man, for for you know being five and one in that league right now. Now for sure, man. In every league down south, um, a different mid major league down south, of the Atlantic Sun, um, Lipscomb and FGCU split uh, this weekend. Um, I think those those were two teams. Um, two of the best three teams coming into the coming into the league. Everybody thought it was going to be a you know, Liberty Lipscomb F- FGCU. FGCU has struggled a little bit to start uh, start the conference season, man. Um, I mean, right now they're sitting at one and three. Um, but before this weekend split with Lipscomb, um, they were they were zero and two. So they got their first win. They got on the board in the A Sun. Got a split against Lipscomb, man. The, the A Sun. I mean, I think we also we can all agree that Liberty and Lipscomb are probably the two best teams. Lipscomb is currently sitting at five and three. And Liberty's at four and two. So. Um, North, North Alabama is in first place right now at five and one, and then Bellarmine. Um, Bellarmine is four and two at second place in, in, in the in the A Sun right now. So I mean, I think this is what they're their first, second, third season being D one. They haven't even been D one for that long. Um, and as of right now, they, they they're off to a good start. Um, in A Sun play, obviously they got swept by Lipscomb. Uh, their first two games in the A Sun, but then they went and swept FGCU. It was the very next weekend. So and then they got a sweep this weekend over Stetson. So Bellarmine is a good team. 
Um, they're they're gonna, they're gonna be a player, but I think I think obviously Lipscomb and Liberty are those are the two best teams in that league. But um, it says something that, that you know these, these teams are, are kind of able to to um to, to get these, these good wins, man. I mean, I think FGCU that was big for them to get to get a split over over uh, Lipscomb. So like I said, this in that one and three in the A Sun, but the A Sun is an interesting conference, man. And I th- I think uh, it's interesting to see how, how that shakes out down the stretch. No, for sure, man. I think definitely, man, it's, it's you know, we, we saw Merrimack last year coming to the NEC, and I'm pretty sure they won the regular season, if I'm not mistaken, in the NEC last year. But obviously, you know, due to Division One, you know, um, I guess I guess not a transfer, but, you know, Division One rules, they weren't eligible for a tournament after winning the regular season, man. And now we're seeing, you know, the the, the same thing down there in the A-Sum, man. So, hey, man, don't don't sleep on these on these D2s, man, because there's a lot of D2s that's, that's sneaky, man. They will definitely, you know, compete in a lot of mid-major Division One leagues, man. But nonetheless, man, we definitely want to get you guys over to that A.J. Wilson interview. Um, we had a lot of fun with, with my guy, man. So we're going to get you guys over to that interview now. All righty, guys. We are here with George Mason Ford and the DMV's own A.J. Wilson, also a good friend of ours. So, you know, without further ado, man, definitely want to tap in with my guy, A.J., man. A.J., man, how you been doing, bro? Doing good, man. Well, man, so we're going to go ahead and get right into it, man. You know what I'm saying? So, um, obviously, you know, for the people that, that, that don't know, uh, A.J. is a PG County guy um, from from uh, PG County area, grew up. We, we, me, Drew, and AJ grew up, you know, hooping together a lot uh, in the area. Um, so, for those of you who don't, don't know, you know, I mean, AJ is the guy that, you know, played at PG County Public Schools, did the prep school route. I mean, and now he's over at George Mason. I mean, um, kind of walk us through your, your basketball journey, AJ. You know, you know um, growing up, you know, playing uh, in, in PG County, going to the prep school, went to Montrose freshman for a year, um, and then obviously ended up at, at George Mason uh, where you are now. Um, started off high school at, um, at Bowie. Um, didn't play there. Played, um, I played JV, but um, didn't really get much playing time. Uh, transferred to Duval. Um, that summer, I hit a growth spurt. Went from uh, like six foot to like six seven over one summer. Uh, really kind of like came into my own game as far as just using my size against other people. Um, once I started blowing up a little bit, me and my family decided it was best to go to uh, Montrose Christian. Uh, I was planning to stay there and graduate from Montrose, but then after that school, after that season, um, Pastor F- the pastor at the time, Pastor Fentress, decided that um, there would no longer be a basketball program there, and shortly after, the whole entire school itself got shut down. So um, my next best route was going to prep school in Florida. Um, went to school down there, played against a lot of great competition. A lot of guys are in the NBA now. And uh, from there, just uh, took my talents to George Mason. Now, you also played um, on the on the AU circuit with um, D.C. Premier, you know, formerly D.C. Assault. Um, can I talk about your, your days, man, playing with, with, with Premier, some of the guys you were able to play with and against on the AU circuit? Um, just playing with, playing with a lot of guys on Premier, with guys like Alani, uh, Joe, uh, Dewan Clayton just played with a lot of great guys growing up. Um, we always we were like probably like one of the first teams really emphasized small ball with me playing the four and Joe playing the five, going against like a lot of six ten bigger guys. Um, I feel like we really ran through the unarmed circuit when we were all together. Um, we went against guys like uh, DeAndre Ayton, Josh Jackson, Terrence Ferguson, uh, guys like those. So um, this the time I spent with DJ Premier was really great. Yeah, man, I remember that's uh, that's Joe Joe Hampton, who um, another DMV guy that uh, was committed to Penn State, former top 100 guy. Lonnie Moore played at Temple um, for you guys that's listening. Um, so, AJ, man, you, if you could think back to, like, you know, one of your best games on the AAU circuit, like, you know, what, what would it be? 
Uh, I would say when we were 16U playing against We Are One, uh, Quade Green and uh, Trey Duval and uh, Nasir Bush was on the team at the time. Uh, we were playing them in the Unarmor Finals in Atlanta. Uh, that game was probably like one of the most intense games in my life at the time just because of the fact that it was a packed gym. Uh, so, um, we're considered, we were considered rivals at the time just because we always ended up playing against each other. And it was just intense because they're like everybody was going at each other, everybody was competing. Uh, I think we ended up losing that game in overtime. They didn't count Joe's shot to win the game or something like that. I forgot. But just the whole game was just intense. That was probably like one of the best games of my life. Now, for those of you who, who do not know, uh, AJ is one of the highest flyers out here uh, right now. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he's a guy. I, I like, AJ, I'm going to let you tell this story. I mean, the, the, the infamous day at Spring Hill Lake Rec with my guy, AJ. <laughs> we were playing at Spring Hill Lake Rec. I'll never forget this day. We are playing like it was three on three or something. It was two on three. To dunk the ball. And he hits his wrist on the backboard and starts gushing blood everywhere. Everybody starts panicking. You know what? Matter of fact, I'm going to stop there. Look, for the viewers, I, 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 I'm going to tell you all this. For those of you who, who don't know my guy, AJ's father, father is one of the best guys out here, man. has a great heart. AJ's father comes sprinting to the gym, and the first thing out of his mouth is, don't worry, son, we'll get you ready for the live period. <laughs> like... <laughs> Marquise Lee was there too with us, uh, who, who played at Clemson. We was all in there hooping, man. I remember Keith draw hit the floor, man. But like I said, AJ, I'm gonna go ahead and let you tell tell the story that that day, man. <laughs> man, at the, like at the time, I was I was a young and trying to play with all the older guys. I remember it was like it was in between live periods. That's when like everybody was like doing camps, just working out and stuff. So I remember one morning, uh, Pops told me like, get up, we gotta go work out with the older guys. Getting into Spring Hill, I see it's the Twins, Keith. Uh, who else is in there? Lin- I don't think Linjo was in there. Linjo was there. Linjo was there, right? Yeah. Linjo was there. <laughs> uh, B was there. Uh, Bones was there. And I just remember, I remember I cut back door, saw my dunk. And I was hyped because, like, you know, I'm playing against the older guys. I get a dunk. So I was just hyped. And then all of a sudden, I, like, I felt my fingers, like, tingling. I'm like, why wow, my fingers feel like this? <laughs> I look down. <laughs> my whole entire wrist is just, my whole entire wrist is split open. I passed out. I passed out instantly. Woke up. Woke up from passing out. I just see. I just see. Uh, B and my dad is like, get more towels. Get more towels. And man, that, man, that shit was crazy. Man, that was definitely one of the funniest days, man. I, I just can't. I just remember your your pop really sprinting into that gym. He man, first thing he said out of his mouth was no words. So me go, how you ready for the live period? Not how you feeling? Not you know? Not how's your real? It was no words. So me get you ready for the live period, man. And, and for my guy, for my guy, I hope, hope you watching, man. Tony, we love you. You know what I'm saying? Drew and I, you know what I'm saying? AJ, we're all like family, man. So I can make fun of you. You know, on the podcast a little bit, man. But that was that was hilarious, man. And my guy AJ, sure enough, was back from the live period. You know what I'm saying? And he was able to go out there and hoop. So all is well if it is well, man. Um, but for you though, um, I want to ask you about last year. Obviously, last year, um, you were able to win the A10 Most Improved Player. Um, had a breakout season. Um, you were able to set the single season record for blocks at George Mason. I mean, um, you're a guy that made a huge jump from sophomore. You averaged basically three points a game, and then last year you averaged twelve and seven and one most improved player. I mean, talk about kind of what went into your jump between you know your sophomore year and your junior year at, at George Mason. Uh, between those years, I feel like the biggest thing that helped me just make that jump uh, was more so from a mental aspect. That summer, I played in the uh, Kenner League, and I was kind of made like the uh, forefront of the team that I was on playing for uh, Clyde at the time, coached by uh, Kurt Smith. 
So I just felt, um, we ended up winning that whole um, that whole kind of league league. I got tournament MVP, and the whole time I was just in kill mode. So um, the biggest thing I just took from that that summer was just stay consistent with just um, your animosity in the game and everything like that. So I just took that back into conference play, and I just told myself every game I played against pros, I played against people that are I played against better people that are across from me right now. So I just kept that mindset throughout the whole year. And then before you know it, uh, it was A-10, the A-10 tournament. Um, and that's switched to kill mode even more. Uh, last game of the season before we got shut down because of COVID, I had 24-9 and in like four blocks. So I just felt like um, that summer just um, really helped me like separate myself mentally first before anything. Yeah, man, and uh, that was actually uh, my first year playing in the Kennedy League, man. We we got to, I got to see you guys play, man. But like, for the people who don't know about you know the the Kennedy League and just like DMV basketball and things like that, man, there's a lot of history in the Kennedy League. Um, guys like you know AI and Steve Francis is uh, you know Jeff Greens of the world, all, Kevin Durant, all these guys played in, in the Kennedy League, you know, at one point or another in the DMV, man. But talk about for you, man, because I, I remember you know you won an MVP of the Kennedy League that year and kind of putting everybody on notice. Kind of talk about just what, what that summer went, um, you know, kind of what that summer meant for you um, and just kind of just, I guess, the whole summer league um, in the DMV culture, man, like, you know, what it means to kind of have to prove yourself in that summertime, you know, before going into your, your, your college season. Uh, for me personally, uh, the Kennedy League meant a lot to me because uh, growing up, my dad used to take me to uh, watch those um, Jeff Green, all those guys play and everything like that. So each year since my freshman year getting to play in the Kennedy League, I just took it with the utmost seriousness just because – uh, what it meant to me when I was a kid. So just playing, getting to play in the Kennedy League was just something I always wanted to do as a kid. So every time I was on the floor that summer, the summers I played in the Kennedy League, I just never took it for granted and just played as hard as I could. You know, for those people who don't know, I mean, the Kennedy League is one of the best probably uh, programs uh, in the country. I mean, like I just said, uh, if, you're, if you're a kid in the DMV area and you play basketball, you've probably been to the Kennedy League um, numerous times. But, I mean, there's this aspect, you know, of summer basketball that people don't really understand, like in the DMV, when everybody comes home from college and the pros come home, like, them summer open gyms get real, man. I mean, I remember last, you know, the summer going into our year where we was at, that's like, what, what year was that we were playing down Howard, Drew? That was, that was going to our, our senior year at Quinnipiac, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we came down, I remember we were playing with, like, Austin Freeman and Hakeem Wark and Dante Green and Chris Wright. I'm like, yo, I used to watch you dudes on TV, like, I remember, I remember watching y'all in the Big East tournament and all of it, and now we, we, we hooping in the same open gym. Like, I mean, t- talk about kind of that culture of the DMV. I know you, you've been – you've experienced the same thing, obviously, in the summer – every summer, you know, playing against pros and playing against the, the, the highest level of competition uh, in the DMV. I mean, kind of talk about what you think that does for you as a competitor and how you think it has helped you, you know, um, to, to improve your game uh, over the years. Uh, just seeing guys, like you guys said, just seeing guys that you like grew up watching on TV, emulating your game after and everything like that, just seeing them on the same floor as you, competing against them, just makes it makes you as a basketball player just feel like you're not that far off, especially since you're playing against pros and you're still in college. So as, as it changes you from a mental aspect, just because when you give back to against amongst your own peers, you just always tell yourself, I played against better and I've guarded better. So whoever this person is across from me, I'm about to fry them, I'm about to lock them up for real. Thanks. Now, I mean, uh, we had Darius McGee on the podcast uh, two weeks ago, man, and we were talking to him. He, he's the guy who plays at Liberty, man. And he was actually in the gym with us a couple of times, you know, at Spring Hill Lake, bumping with us, you know, with the, with the whole uh, E-Dollars open run. Shout out my guy, Rick, man. But, um, I mean, we were talking to him about just kind of some of them open gyms, man. And you you and I have been in tons of them. But just like guys like, you know, Markel came through the gym before, James Palmer, like – 
Ann Cowan, obviously guys like yourself, Marquise Reed, Stan Robinson. Like, I mean, them them open runs used to get crazy in in, in Spring Hill Lake. Uh, Spring Hill Lake, excuse me. Um, but it's kind of, talk about that, man. Just what it was like, kind of just being in the gym and just looking back now. You know, three four years later, man. Um, you know how special it was to be able to be like, yo, man, I really hoped to get some crazy dudes in that small gym up in Greenbelt. No, uh, definitely playing um, those EDAS runs with Rick and uh, playing in Spring Hill. I feel like that's where I really just like really started appreciating just how much talent was around the way for real. And just I feel like that and playing playing in Spring Hill and just playing in Kennedy, those two things I feel like really just helped change me mentally just because of the fact that across from you got somebody like Najee or Stan or Taiwan, just like somebody who's like a real bucket, like, a pro is across the floor from you. So just like you don't want to get exposed and at the same time you want to go at that person. So like ain't nobody can really help you for real in those, in those situations. So that really just makes you a different basketball player at the end of the day. So like just those runs and playing in Kennedy League, I feel like those two things are just the biggest aspect for me and just like developing like a killer mindset. No, for sure, man. I mean, I can't trust enough how much of a luxury it is. We kind of take it for granted here, you know what I'm saying? Just being able to walk into the gym, any given gym in the area, and be able to find other Division One players, other pros, you know, just any gym. Because you go other places and it's not like that. Or, you know, you might have, like, one or two pros and the rest of the guys are kind of like washed up dudes that might used to play. But, I mean, at any given day, you can walk into any gym in the DMV area, you can find three, four, five pros, like, hooping. And, and it really does get you better because you have that tip on your shoulder. Like, if I can compete with these dudes, like, it's nobody in my college that, that that's, that's, you know, going to give me problems. But um, I want to switch gears a little bit um, to George Mason. I mean, obviously, right now you guys are sitting at 4-4 four and four, uh, in the A-10. Last year, you guys only won five games in the A-10 the whole season. So, I mean, you guys have an opportunity, uh, well, whatever you guys get to play in this game, you can kind of get – above 500 in the 810, um, possibly. I mean, talk about the season that, that, season that you guys are having thus far. Um, how do you think that that's going for you guys um, as a team? And where do you guys think that you can go uh, for, from here? Well, I feel like um, early we had a slow start just because we were coming off of um, coming off that shutdown. So we um, didn't really have everybody back at the same time. Um, I feel like now, like these past couple of games, uh, just having everybody click on the same page, um, team cohesiveness, and just everybody trusting each other and buying into the team mindset in general uh, had just really been helping us like down the stretch. And us, um, everybody trusting each other had really just been helping us like pull through and close games. Uh, every game we've had this year has been a close game, uh, besides like probably one or two games. But just the, um, the trust between everybody and just the cohesiveness has been what. Um, the biggest emphasis for us. And I feel like that's just going to help us like stay in stride throughout the rest of the season. Now you guys are a team that, you know, you guys are pretty balanced, man, from obviously being at tons of you guys games um, down there in Fairfax, obviously with, you know, yourself and, and Josh and Jordan and Javon, I mean, and Tyler, you guys have a lot of guys that can, can score on, on any given night and may, you know, lead the team in scoring. Um, just talk about, you know, being on a team like that and just, how how balanced you guys are, um, and just kind of what what do you think the the, the dynamic is um, of you guys team out there on the floor? Um, just being on a well balanced team like this, where like you guys said, just any given night anybody can get off. Um, it makes us a deadly team because you have to stay honest on everybody. One night Javon can go out for twenty five thirty. The next night Javon uh, Jordan can go out for twenty five. Next night me or Josh could go off. So it just um, keeps teams honest and has to respect everybody across the board. And then. Um, with people coming off our bench, we have guys that give us a lot of energy as well. So um, that and just, again, just the team cohesiveness and the team trust, that just um, I feel like it's like a great equation for a, um, a great team down the stretch. 
Now, talk a little bit about playing in the A-10. Obviously, the A-10 is one of the best leagues um, in the country, definitely on the East Coast. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the opportunity to play against, you know, Obi Toppin last year at Dayton. And, I mean, VCU was always loaded. Obviously, this year with Bones Highland. And, you know, year in, year out, there are teams in the A-10 that are just really good. It's, it's one of the best conferences in the country, in my opinion. I mean, talk about, you know, what it's been like over the years to be able to play in that league against so many good players and so many good teams. Like, well, for me, normally, like, just, you see conferences where, like, the same two teams are always at the top every year. I feel like the A-10 is just one of those leagues where it's, like, any team could be in that top five any given year. Like, this year, like, last year, we all knew so it was always going to be St. Louis or Dayton at the top. This year, St. Bonnie's, Davidson, and uh, – Richmond. And Richmond. Hmm. So, it's, like, this is one of those leagues where, like, it's always open. Like, it can go to anybody for and that just lets you know how competitive this league is. Yep. Now, um, you know, for you, man, obviously, like I said, you even this year, man, you've uh, for being able to watch you guys, man. Um, coach, coach, Coach Paulson's been able to you know, talk about how you know for a stress, but before you got injured in that game versus St. Joe's, I mean, you had put together a run where you, I think, it had like four or five straight games where you were scoring double figures. Um, just kind of talk about you know your your growth um, and your progression, kind of from in the beginning, you know, where you struggled a little bit to where like you you kind of now finding your groove. You know, you're shooting the ball uh, pretty efficiently, rebounding and things like that. Um, started uh, start the season off, I just kind of felt like I was in a rut just because the very first game of the season, I had the ankle injury. Um, after that, it was more so a, a mental uphill battle of just getting back to what I used to be. Um, after talking to Simp, um, he just told me, just like, do what you do, control what you control. The main thing is just to stay consistent. And then um, after that, I just let go of, like, all my doubt and everything like that. And after that, that's when I started um, going on that um, run of just staying consistent and having double-digit games, um, four or five games in a row. Um, obviously, the last two games, I was in uh, one game I was in foul trouble. The next game, I got hurt. So it was just more so just getting back to that consistency. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were scheduled to play UMass on Saturday, but, you know, as we got on this podcast, we, we see that, you know, that, that game it might be in jeopardy, obviously, because of, because of COVID. Uh, I mean, talk about what it's been like just – obviously, you were supposed to play GW, uh, what, last night, and that game got canceled. I mean, talk about, you know, what it's been like as a player trying to navigate COVID and not knowing when they're going to be able to play, not knowing when they're going to be able to practice. Um, What's that been like for you? Um, the main thing um, our, um, Coach Boston's been telling us is just – just stay ready because you don't know, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it's like across the league, you see a lot of games getting postponed, a lot of the schools getting postponed across the country. So the main thing that has been emphasized in our program is just to just um, stay ready, just control what you can control. Um, obviously, for GW and Saint, uh, GW and uh, UMass game, we can't control those. The only thing we can know how to do is just um, practice and just get ready for what happens next. Now, you're a guy, man, that, you know, it's not just, you know, scoring and rebounding, man, but you're, uh, I mean, I, I think one of the best things that you do is, is kind of protect the room, you know, and, and block shots. And you're approaching George Mason's all, all-time record um, for, for blocks. You just had a game-saving block the other day that made sports center top ten plays um, the other day, man. So just talk about what you try to bring on the defensive end. And, like, you know, I saw you, man, that, that last play you – Ran from half court and just you know ran ran dude down for that block. I mean what, I mean what like what what, what motivates you to, to to kind of continue to to to, to do that in today's game when most guys are trying to you know go out there and get thirty. They watching guys like Steph and Harden go out there and dribble the ball and shoot threes. But I mean you're a guy who really seems to pride himself on uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think it started early for me. Um, I was younger, you know. My dad being from Ohio, we always used to watch LeBron. 
So when he was um, with Cleveland in his early days, just chasing everybody down, I was like, I want, I want to do that. I want to be the, I don't want to be the guy that like goes out and dribbles the ball and all that other stuff. I felt, I found more excitement in like hawking somebody down and just putting their stuff on the glass. So then as I got older, more athletic, faster, uh, taller, um, I just felt it was easier to um, kind of chase people down. And then as, as I became a better shot blocker, as I got older, just blocking shots in the half court too, um, this became like a, like a second nature to me. Now, obviously, Drew just mentioned, you know, you, your block give you, uh, last week uh, was able to make Sports Center. I don't know how many times you've been on Sports Center, but it's, it's been a numerous amount uh, of your, of AJ Wilson's Sports Center top 10 appearances. I mean, if you could kind of think back on, on all the, the plays you made, bodies, I've seen you catch YouTube bodies and all type of crazy stuff. I mean, is there a particular play that sticks out like, yeah, man, that's the one. Like, this is my favorite, my favorite block, my favorite body that I call, or, you know, going back to memory books, is there one that stands out to you? Um, I wouldn't say last year when we played Dayton, um, just because of the putback I had, just because of the um, game I had in general. Um, that putback, after I had that putback, I remember Obi telling me, like, yo, that was crazy. So, like, just having that putback, I was like, yo, somebody got more bounce than me acknowledge my dunk. That's kind of tough for real. But um, <laughs> now, I think that was, like, my best sports center moment just because it was, like, an out-of-place rebound. Like, I had to catch the ball going away from the basket and still dunked it. And I did it with one hand, so I felt like that was like one of my best putback dunks too. And on top of being on Sports Center, so I felt like that was my best moment. That's tough, man. Now, you know, for you, man, like, what would it mean for you, man, to kind of um, be able to put your name, you know, in, in the record books at George Mason, um, you know, at the top uh, of that blocks uh, blocks category? Uh, that would mean everything to me, just because like um, I've been here five years. Um, just talking to everybody that's been here for so long, just telling me how great of a player George Evan was. And you look at the record books, I think he's like top 20 in pretty much every statistical category that there is. Um, I know I already beat one of his records with a single season. Um, I think I beat another two of his records with most blocks in the uh, Eagle, Bank Arena game, Eagle Bank Arena home game. I had eight blocks my freshman year and six blocks for St. Joseph's uh, this past home game. So just being like, I think like 12 – or 13 blocks away from his all-time record, and his record hasn't been beaten in years. I just feel like um, that just solidifies my name in history here. Now, what are your personal goals as a player? Like when you when you when you um, look at all right, this this legacy that I want to leave, you know, what, what comes to mind uh, in, in your head? Um, just to, every time I play, I just want to be recognized as if I'm not. Not, if not the best player on the floor, one of the best players on the floor. I don't ever want to get off. I want to get. I don't want to ever get off the floor after a game, and no one knows that I didn't make an impact in the game at some point. Yeah. Now, man, George Mason is, is a program that has tons of history. Obviously, you know, reaching the Final Four. Um, it's been a great, a great history of local guys going there as well, man. Guys like Fowler and Campbell, who is a Springbrook alum, shout out to the Blue Devils. Um, a guy like Tony Skin, who was never the local guy that was on that Final Four team. You know, a coach on your staff, you know, Coach Ike, local guy, went to the Matha, went to George Mason, and obviously, you know, yourself, um, you guys got Ronald Plight now on the roster. I mean, um, just talk about, you know, what it means for you, man, to kind of be a local guy, you know, playing for George Mason uh, at a school that has, you know, so much basketball tradition. Um, when I could, when I first committed to Mason, um, I was so I was like one like one of the first local guys in a minute. So I just felt like I was being a trailblazer committing to Mason and just bringing back that local tradition. And uh, since I've been here, I've had a lot, a lot more local guys coming back. Um, you got Ronnie, you have Jordan Miller, uh, Jack Temption, who's a um, known walk on. Uh, who else do we have? We just have like a lot of DMV guys on the team now. 
And um, my freshman year and even my sophomore year, that wasn't the case. It would probably be like one or two guys from the DMV. Even my freshman year, I was probably like the only person really from the DM, immediate DMV area. Um, Justin Kyer was from Harrisonburg, but that's like two hours away. So um, just committing here, I felt like was me like kind of just um, setting like a blazing the trail, just like you don't have to be at a Maryland or a Georgetown or um, Howard just to stay local. Like there's a, there's a lot of uh, schools out here other than those major schools. My guy, Jack, is a MoCo guy. Got to make sure I shout out my guy, Jack Timskin, man. MoCo product, you know, got to shout, shout out all my MoCo guys on the podcast for sure, man. But I want to take a little step back uh, to your prep school time because obviously when you were at Elevate down in Florida, you guys had, had a pretty stacked squad. Obviously, me and Drew uh, were at Putnam Science Academy uh, up in Connecticut. For those that don't know, man, that, that prep school life is a lot different uh, than any other situation, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in basketball, man. I mean, it's not really – it's not like a JUCO. It's not it's, – it's, it's just different, man. So, I mean, explain to us your prep school experience at Elevate and what that was like for you. Uh, it was definitely different for me. Um, I'm used to going home at the, going home at the school every day. Um, I feel like it kind of got me ready for college in the sense of, like, after practice, you go back to your dorm with your guys and everything like that. But um, it was definitely different in the sense of, like um, – we weren't an IMG or like a mom bird. So like you getting like the top tier stuff, like after a couple of games, you probably got a cold cut sandwich or something like that. Go to the cafeteria closed on the weekend. So they probably gave you like a meal card or something like that to eat somewhere locally. But um, it definitely, it definitely um, changes you from a, a mindset standpoint, just for the fact that like I'm from Maryland. Um, before then I never lived anywhere else in my life other than Maryland. So just being away, being uh, like nine, like four, how far for like 10 hours away 11 hours away just being basically just being that far away from like your family just being out there by yourself with a bunch of guys that you don't know like it was definitely different and at the time I was the youngest on the team because everybody else is post-grad I'm the only like true senior on the team so um it definitely changes you makes you grow up faster yo man I, I mean shoot I, I can't make this up yo because <laughs> people that hear this podcast is going to think I'm lying. It was multiple times after our games at PSA where we got $5 to go to McDonald's. <laughs> I can't make this up. Yo, yo, we got $5 a piece. Now, mind you, this is 2015, so, like, you know, I'm sure everybody knows back in the day, the dollar menu used to be popping. Like, you could really get – you had $5. You was in business at McDonald's back in the day, you feel me? But in 2015, you know, inflation, they had took in, they had took the McDouble off of there. Like, I mean, five dollars, you couldn't, you, you're not getting nothing every dollars for five dollars. Like, I remember we used to order food and be like, yo, let me get your change, bro. You <laughs> <laughs> was 46, let me get that 14 cents off you, bro. You were trying to, yo, you were trying to order last, yo. It was so I mean, yo, man, I, hey, consider yourself lucky, man. I had them cold cuts, man, because I mean, I, five bucks, man. We we were still starving after our games. Nah, word two. He was really on a dollar menu trying to make yo real real rap dudes really used to be trying to oh hey bro, let me hold that 46 cent. Hey bro, let me hold let me hold 50 cent. Oh I got no dollar dog, I got six bucks. I'm lit now. I can give me a sweet tea. <laughs> nah, hey yo, times was treacherous at Putnam, bro. We had that little cheese bus. Mind you, bro, we had a we had a, a short bus. So it was like maybe like six rows. Mind you, we had to fit the players, the coaches on the bus. Mind you, we had Mama Dude who like six eight, Vincent like six nine. Me, Drew was like six five, six six at the time, bro. Dude literally used to fight over the bus seats. Like, I like you not. I like, I'll I, I tell a quick story on here. One day we were at Putnam, we were going ready to go play at the uh, UMass Boston showcase, and we were going to uh, we were going to play. I thought we were going to Redemption. Redemption. 
We're playing with Redemption. Yep, yep. Who's playing Northfield, my homer, but they 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 they, they ducked us that, that weekend, so we ended up playing Redemption. We were on the getting ready to go on the bus. And I'll never forget. Everybody used to try to get to the bus early to get them get them seats so you could get situated. So Keelan Ives, my guy Keelan, played that ride. He's like a five nine point guard from Rhode Island. He's on the bus first. He's like, I'm getting on the bus first. I'm gonna get my seat. Sits in the last row in the aisle. So everybody comes, piles on, everybody sitting down, getting their seats, whatever. Last person on the bus is my guy, Mamadou DR. He's a New York guy from Queens. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he played at UConn. Um, now he's coaching and whatnot over at UConn, but he gets on the bus last. And my dude is doing a 6 8. The only seat on the bus left is a window seat in the back row next to Keelan. So he walks to the back. He, he, he's like, no, just Keelan. He, he's waiting for Keelan to scoot over. Keelan, like, he can do one of these. Like, Get up in there. <laughs> like, go ahead. Get on the inside. I'm like, bro, scoot over, bro. He's like, bro, I got here first. I'm on the outside. Like, I was the first person on the bus. Like, you should have got here earlier, bro. He's like, dog, I'm not sitting on the inside, bro. I'm 6'9". I'm not sitting on the inside. You 5'9", bro. We're not doing this. Like, scoot over, bro. Kenny was like, nah, bro. Like, like, nah, I'm not moving, bro. Like, I got here first. Like, I'm not moving. I'm like, yo, bro, hold my bag. Give this bag to one of our forwards named Dondre Rose. Hold this. <laughs> he tries to, like, Battery ram Keelan like into the window. So now Keelan like nah, like they they back there in real life fighting, bro, like fighting, bro. So the dude Dondre that that he that, that grabbed Mamadou's backpack is now trying to break up the fight. He's like no, nah, chill, try to break up the fight. Mamadou like I don't know who I don't know who hit him. I even say Mamadou, I don't know who hit him. Somebody punched him. So now his lip is bleeding. He coaches come on the bus. Matter of fact, no coach coaches come out to school. Keelan's outside. My mom was outside. Nah, F that. Ah, ah, da, da, da. <laughs> Keelan trying to fight. Lip, bro, Dondre come up the bus, lip busted, gushing blood. Coach was like, yo, what happened, bro? They were on the bus. Mind you, all they, they, they come out to school and see Keelan purping. Dondre lip busted. Like, yo, what's going on, bro? So, long story short, man, the prep school days was wild. Dudes was fighting over bus seats and, and getting five cent, five dollar allowances at McDonald's, man. So, if you I went to prep say, school, though, man. That was that was a long time ago. That was like 2015, 2021. You know, now Putnam then got two natty chips. They got some new dorms. They played in the Bahamas. So, you know, Putnam is not the same Putnam that, that it was when we was there. You know, they got a, a whole new owner. You know, Chinese guys is in there that's throwing money into the program, man. So, you know, I want to say, man, any any prep school recruit listening to this, Putnam Science Academy is a great place for you guys to go and spend your prep year right now. You know, I don't want you guys to think, you know, we're going to go up there and you're going to be lip busted. You know, we don't want to throw that out in the air. But I will say, man, you know, back when we was there, it was a little bit different. We had some 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 blue-collar dudes up there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they had any experience like that at Elevate, man, but it was it was crazy up there, man. I mean, we was like three miles from the beach. That, <laughs> that's the only really plus side. Um, I didn't even leave my room for real. Like, I didn't know the area. Most I do, probably not get bored, go to LA Fitness, get some fives in with the local guys, something like that. But we had uh, we had the rinky-dink vans. Them drinks just shut down. Then we had to uh, drive, we had to drive to Montverde one time. The drive was like, probably like three hours away or something like that. We broke down the middle of the, middle of the highway. People did, and then the AC didn't work either because we had the old, old vans. Man, prep school is the grind. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know, man. Prep school is a grind, man. But you know, it, it will get you better, man. Definitely, like I said, man. AJ obviously benefited from it. Me and me and Ace benefited from it. My guy Hamadou Diallo went from Putnam Science Academy with us all the way to the league. You know what I'm saying? So it works out, man. But you know, AJ, man, we we definitely gotta we ask this question to to everybody, man. You know, um, give us, man. We need. I, I need you to give us, man. Your your top five in the league right now. 
top five in the league right now, man. I need you to go from well, matter of fact, let's go from five to one, you know, and and and, and let's 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 go ahead and do that. We gotta get that from you. Uh top five. I would say Sheesh, this is crazy. I would say I'm gonna say AD, Giannis, AD Giannis, uh, uh, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Brad, KD, then LeBron. You got Brad Bill third in the league? Only behind Katie and Brian, bro. What? Brad oh. going crazy though. Brian gonna hold you, bro. Wait, so 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 Brad Bill over AD and Freak? Brad yeah. Bill over Harden? Luca? Yeah. He over Steph Curry? Bro, Steph just got back, bro. I can't. I can't oh get. Oh my yet, god! <laughs> Yo! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, this, this guy is DMV to the core. Of course, he's gonna put the winner's best player in, in, in his top five. So I gotta oh, respect you, though. As regular loyalty, man, as long as you're smart, you know, you got LeBron James number one. You know, I, I can't have too many problems with the list. But, hey, man, like I said, I respect the loyalty for at least, you know, going with the the, the, the Wizards guy at three. You know, I don't know how many, how many guys would agree with you. But, you know, hey, man, I respect it nonetheless. Yeah, AJ might be a lone survivor or not, Island. My man still feel at three. Not even like not not even the humble fifth. Like he put him at three though. <laughs> my brother KD. He didn't even give him the humble five. Like I'm gonna throw my man there off the muscle. Like he threw him in there at three. Like yeah, my man is stepped out here. Like <laughs> left no doubt. Yo, I respect it, man. I respect it. I respect it, man. I ain't gonna get mad at you, you know. Like I said, I'm. Loyalty to the home team, man. That's, 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 that's a real one right there, man. You don't see that too often, man. So take some notes, folks. But uh, this has been fun, man. I want to make sure we definitely thank you for coming on with us, AJ. Man, we appreciate you. Uh, as, obviously, we're going to be, you know, me and Drew, we get down to Mason games, you know, pretty often. So I'm sure we'll see you soon, you know, barring any COVID shutdowns. But, you know, thanks a lot for coming on with us, man. I'm super proud of you, everything you've been able to do uh, in your college career at Mason, man. And, you know, uh, Drew and I are definitely going to keep you know, supporting you and keep watching you uh, from afar, man. So best of luck, buddy. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Yes, sir, man. Hey, man, go go and get that blocks record, man. We need that, man. We need that. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All righty, my guy. We'll talk to you. All right. All righty, guys. That was my guy, AJ Wilson, man, the SC Top 10 guy himself. If you haven't seen some of his highlights on Sports Center Top 10, man, just go ahead and do a little YouTube search, man. Put my guy's name in. You know, you'll see some crazy blocks, some crazy dunks, man. Super athletic guy, man. But um, a better, a, be- a better kid, man. He's definitely um, somebody who's, you know, when you see him on the court, man, he's, he's a great player, man. But he's an even better person, man. He's, um, you know, just great guy off the court. You know, he's he's funny. He's, he's laid back. He's not he's not one of those guys that's gonna, you know, cause your program any kind of trouble, man. So, you know, super shout out to AJ, man, for hopping on with us and taking a stroll down memory lane with us. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, AJ, like you said earlier, I mean, I don't even only thing we gave we gave his his bounce enough credit. <laughs> In the show, I mean that dude's an NBA level athlete for sure. I mean that dude over there, I seen him do some some dunks, catch some oops, block some shots. It's like yo, how in the world? I wish I had half of his bounce. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm a guy. I barely, I barely go up the ground. My dunk package is very minimal. You know, I'll give you a little 
cock back two hands. I'll give you a little off the glass. You know, I might cock it back one hand. You know what I'm saying? All off two feet. I'm not a one-foot jumper. I wish I had one-foot bounce because I can really I can really do damage if I had one-foot bounce. I did catch a body off one foot, though, in Quinnipiac spring workouts one year over my guy Slinky. I'll never forget that. That was my proudest moment ever. Caught a body off one foot going down the middle of the lane. You know what I'm saying? Slinky got some bounce. So I, I will say that if, if I give me borrow like – Half of A.J. Wilson's bounce, you know, I think I could have really done something. You know, I think I really could have been, you know, a different level player, you know, if I had a little bit more bounce. You know what I'm saying? That and the ability to, to close out, you know, I, I, think, I think those two were things that really hampered me from being the first-round lottery pick in the NBA draft. Hey, man, I, I feel you, man. You know, everybody can't have bounce like me and A.J., you know. You know, got, got guys like us, you know, we, we play above the rim, you know. So I understand the, 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 the struggle for guys like yourself, man. You know, it's all right, though. You know, it's all right. It's all right. It's, um, did, did you say above the rim? Did you say you play above the rim? And I, I know I didn't. I, I, that might have been. Yeah, that might have been. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah, you had the same amount of career dunks. And I got mine before you did. I got mine about that's, a year. Before, no, I got. My, I might have yeah, got mine two years before you did. I got mine. Did I get my dunk my junior year? My junior. I got, I got my first career dunk my junior year of, of college. You didn't get yours to your I mean, post-grad year at Coppin. We both have true. one career I'm dunk. That's actually not true. Um, I actually had tons of dunks in my high school career. Go check out my. I'm my talking about tapes. college fools. I'm talking about high school. We're talking about college. We breakout camp. We're not talking you know, about no high school. Tons of dunks. We're talking about college. Big college. Y'all YouTube's. Y'all do y'all Googles. Y'all gonna see me getting real bouncy, man. You know. In NCAA Division One game, we had the same number of dunks. So I, I don't want to hear none of that above the rim nonsense. I, I, I really don't. I don't. I don't want to hear it. Check out my um, highlight tape, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it sounds good, man. If y'all want to go look at a mediocre highlight tape, you can look at it. But if you want to look at a real highlight tape, snatching ankles, handle dudes, you know, flying all over the court, go go look at mine. You know what I'm saying? Ann Robinson, Capital Hoops mixtape. It's on the line. Um, one thing we didn't get to talk about before, the interview that I definitely want to talk about, um, a little bit of the Missouri Valley. Um, that, is, that, that league is, is coming a, a, a bit more incre- increasingly intriguing as the year goes on. I mean, obviously, Drake survived last night. Um, beats Murray State. I think, you know, before the game started early in the morning, I put them on upset alert because obviously they were coming off a of pause. They're playing a Missouri State team on the road um, who had won five straight games. And MSU, the first half of that game, looked like a team that was riding a five-game win streak where Drake looked like a team that was coming off pause. I mean, they, they, Missouri State got out to a 17-point lead. Um, they were making shots at the high clip, and Drake really couldn't really find the rhythm offensively. But that second half, man, Drake Drake really tur- turned it up. Um, Darnell Brody had a huge game with 16 points and nine rebounds. Roman Penn, 20 points um, for, for for Drake. I mean that 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 yeah yeah Roman Penn Sienna yep <laughs> yes yep. what crazy man. You see, he was he was at Sienna for all my Mac Hoops fans watching this game. Roman Roman Penn was at Sienna uh, a few years ago, and he's now at Drake. Um, he had a huge game last night for them with 20 points um, in a win over Missouri State, who came back from 17 points down um, to beat Missouri State. Uh, I mean, that, that I mean that just shows you that Drake um, is legit. Man. I mean, they're they're an older team, experienced team. Their average age, I thought, it was, I thought it was last night during the broadcast. Their average age is 21.3. So they they are an old team, as we know, old wins in college basketball, especially at the mid major level. So Drake gets to 14 and 0 um, was a win against. Um, with a win against Missouri State. But Loyola Chicago, the team that, that's coming, I mean, they swept Bradley this weekend, and Bradley is a sneaky good team. I mean, they, 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 aren't, they aren't, you know, going to wow you with, with their record. I mean, they're sitting at 9-7 and seven overall. But they had some decent wins in the non-conference. If I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure they have a win against 
Northern Iowa, I want to say, early in the year, who's struggling a little bit. But I'm pretty sure they have, they have another pretty good non-conference win, if, if, I, if I remember correctly. Um, but Loyola Chicago is at 8-1 and one right now in the Missouri Valley, man. And they are a team, obviously, with Final Four pedigree, like, like we all know this. Um, very, very extremely well-coached team. But, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be a team that, that is going to be there. They've won their last, um, what, seven games? One, two, three, four, five, six. They won six games in a row. Um, obviously, they, they have, they have, they're going to play um, Drake. Well, they were, they're going to play Drake uh, February 13th, 13th and 14th. So we got a few weeks before that showdown. But, I mean, I think those two teams are definitely the best two teams in the Missouri Valley. I think, I think we're, we're approaching a point where we could potentially get two teams. That, that could be a two-bit league. Um, Come flexing Sunday because um, of the respect that Missouri that the, the committee has for Missouri State, and even with Drake going undefeated, I mean they can potentially get a, get an at large bid if, if they were to trip up and lose with all Chicago in the conference tournament. So the Missouri Valley is going to be a sneaky good league to watch. Um, and again tonight, Drake and Missouri State are going to run it back at 9 p.m. at Missouri State. So make sure you guys tune into that game. But that is a sneaky good league, and, and the league is going to be interesting and come down and stretch to see you know what happens between Loyola Chicago and Drake. Nah, man, very well stated there, man. It's crazy that you got, you know, a guy like Roman Penn, you know, a, a former Siena guy, and then a guy like Donnell Brody, um, you know, former Seton Hall, big man. You got two two transfers, man. So, um, you know, in our in our coaches corner segment that we did over over the over the quarantine, man, I can't stress the amount of coaches that stated that you know they were gonna hit that portal hard and you know get transfers, man. And we're seeing all across college basketball, man, especially at the mid-major level, you know, when, like you mentioned, man, in order for you to really separate yourself at the mid-major level, you have to have older guys and experienced guys. And, you know, for a team, you know, like like Drake to have, you know, two transfers, you know, two two guys who have been in college for a while, and, you know, now we're seeing, you know, we're seeing them have a tremendous amount of success, you know, it definitely says a lot, man. But um, I want to go ahead and get to the craziest things that we saw this weekend, man. Um, so, Ace, man, what you got for me? Yeah, man. For sure, like I said, I said earlier in the show, we're going to get back to it a little later. My guys down in West Baltimore and Coppin State snapped a 14-game losing streak to sweep Norfolk State over the weekend in West Baltimore. Now, for those of you who might not understand, like, Norfolk State has been historically one of the best teams in the MEAC. They've been in the NCAA tournament. They have a guy in Kylo Quinn that's played in the NBA. They have a, they have a, a extremely, extremely good basketball culture over there, extremely well-coached team. And they've kind of owned Coppin State you know, for the better part of about six or seven years. I mean, they, 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 they had won 14 straight games against Coppin State. Um, and Coppin State, man, they didn't care about none of that. I mean, obviously, as you know from playing them last year, but like I said earlier, there, there's a strong disdain between coaches, between players. I mean, that, 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 that is a rivalry for sure. I mean, um, and you could, you, could, you could tell. As soon as we walked in the gym, man, I mean, it was, it was, it was a bit, you know, more bouncing the steps of all the players. Guys on both benches were standing up throughout the entirety of the game. There was a little scuffle, you know, between players and coaches drawing back and forth. I mean, that game was intense. It felt like it was a rivalry game. And Coppin State was able to get two at home over Norfolk State to get to 5-1 and one in first place in the MIAC North. Um, my guy Anthony Tuck caught a crazy body coming down the lane. I mean, they were, they were, they were highlight plays galore. I mean, that, that was a, a statement win for them to not only get to first place in the MIAC, but to do it against Norfolk State, a team that had, that had historically, you know, kind of kind of had the upper hand on them uh, in, in the past was a huge win for Coppin State to be able to go and sweep Norfolk State. They're going to play them again, uh, not this weekend, but the next weekend at Norfolk State. Um, so I, I, had to, I had to chop that out, man. Snapped the 14-game winning streak, getting, getting, off, getting off that slide against Norfolk State, man, was, was great to see. 
Yeah, man. Anytime you can snap a 14-game losing streak, man, and, and get back in the win column is, is amazing, man. And not only did they snap the win streak, but they got two. You know, so now they, they started their own little win streak of their own, man. But, um, you know, to give you guys a little context, I mean, this is a Norfolk State team that we were literally – like after we got the, the the notification that our conference tournament was canceled, like yo, we we was texting dudes on Norfolk, like cause we you know everybody got connections. We were texting like yo, like let's let's still play the game, like like let's meet up at y'all school and just run five, like we cause we want. I don't care if it's the MIAC tournament, I don't care if it's the outside league, I don't care if it's pickup. We want to see y'all, like we want to see y'all, like so we literally were trying to organize a game behind the scenes <laughs> against Norfolk. That day, like, like that's that's how crazy the rivalry is between you know Coppin and Norfolk. It's not like it's like a Coppin Morgan where it's more like territorial. It's more like yo, we don't like y'all, they don't like us. Let's let's get it popping. So it's like every time we see them, it's it's one of those games, man. So we was ready to see them last year. Um, you know, I I, I still I still you know stand firm on my prediction that we would have seen them in that conference tournament. We was gonna send them packing, you know, but. It's all good because my guys avenged us this year and got got two, you know, against Norfolk, man. So, you know, shout out to my guys at Copper, man. You know, Coach Dixon, Coach Alexander, Coach 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 Agumagu, Coach Hayes, man. You got those guys are doing a great job over there, man. You know, so uh, definitely shout out to, to 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 you guys, man, for for getting that done. Not for sure, man. Shout out to my guys at Copper. They got a huge game this weekend against Morgan State, which, like Drew said, is our cross town rivals over there from the east side of Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? Over east in Baltimore lingo. Um, so that's going to be a huge game. Me and Drew will be there this weekend for Coppin State and Morgan State. Um, but some other games to look forward to this weekend. The game you Coppin State and Morgan State um, is crazy. Um, right now, as we're recording this, I see notification that Davidson has paused all basketball-related activities due to COVID-19. Um, Davidson was supposed to play St. Bonaventure this Saturday at 2 p.m. Um, so I'm, I'm presuming that that's going to be off now that Davidson has, has a has uh, paused all activities for COVID. So that was, that was going to be a, a big time showdown in, in the 8-10. But those are currently the two top wow. teams in the standings. Um, St. Bonaventure is one and Davidson is two. So that, that was going to be a team, a, a battle of the top two teams in the 8-10. But Davidson, literally, as we're, as we're recording this episode, announced that they're going to go on pause due to COVID-19. Um, now that, so that, wow. I mean, one, one, one minute ago, you, you were on top of that, huh? Of course, man. You know I stay on. You know I stay on it, baby. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I get notifications for like for my guy Rothstein, You know, Goodman, all those guys. Got stay got stay up to date, man. You know, so um, that literally came in like Drew said a minute ago as we're talking here on this podcast. Um, but I mentioned earlier, Drake and Missouri State are going to play tonight at 9 p.m. in Game Two of that back-to-back series in the Missouri Valley. That's definitely going to be a great great one to watch. It was a great game last night. I think I think I think Drake's going to be able to get, get this win because just just the way that that um. Missouri State lost that game last night. Had a 17-point lead over a team that, that, that has been playing well. Those losses can be demoralizing. We saw last week as Quinnipiac blew a seven-point lead in the last minute and a half of the game. Eight-point lead up a minute and a half. And a game they completely owned. And then they lost in the, the next night. And when you lose those, those type games on night one, it's extremely hard mentally and emotionally to get back and get that win game two. So I think if, if Drake was going to lose, it was going to be that first one coming off a pause. Um... And they were able to get that get get the win. So I think, but nonetheless, the game has to be played. So tonight, 9 p.m., Drake at Missouri State, uh, round two. We're also going to see UNC Asheville and Winthrop are going to play Thursday and Friday. After Winthrop was another team that's still undefeated out of the Big South. Um, UNC Asheville is currently third in the Big South, though. Um, Radford second. So those are going to be a matchup with two of the top three teams in that league. Um, it's going to be at at Winthrop, though. So I, I don't really see. Um, 
USC Asheville. I mean, they could probably get one. Let me let me let me, let me not do that. Um, but I think Winthrop is a team that is playing really really well right now. Chandler Vodrin is one of the names that I don't know if a lot of people are enough, enough people are talking about. He's averaging I think about twelve seven and seven, twelve eight and seven, something like that. He's averaging averaging almost a triple double. He's like a six eight guard. Um, and he he he's definitely a problem, man. Lefty, smooth. Um, so he he's a, he's a player that um is type of, is the type of guy that, that can definitely. You know, uh, carry a team to just some wins. So, UNC Asheville is playing at Winthrop Thursday and Friday. Um, then out to the Mountain West, we're gonna have two two games this weekend. Boise State gonna play at Colorado State tonight and then Friday. Obviously, those are two of the top four teams in that league. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna go head to head this weekend to see. You know, I think Boise State right now um, is, is a better team, but they're going on the road to Colorado State. So I definitely you know, don't see them sweeping that that series. I, so I, I think a split could be something. Um, that, that could that definitely you know is in order. Um, if they were going to like tonight at 11 p.m. Utah State at UNLV, UNLV pulled up that uh, pulled the upset the other night. We're going to get a chance to avenge that loss tonight at 11 p.m. Definitely tune into that game if, if you're up, if you're if you're you know uh, uh, somebody likes to stay up late. And then Colgate Army's running it back in the Patriot League Saturday and Sunday. Obviously they, they got the split. That was that was that bizarre series where. Uh, Colgate won the first game by 40, one-on-one to 57, and then they and then they lost on night two to the Army. So they're going to run it back this weekend in the Patriot League. Um, two of the best teams in that league are, are going to play. So those are, you know, my games to watch this weekend. Now, for sure, man, I think, you know, going back to that A-10, man, it's a shame that we weren't going to see St. Bonds and Davidson, man, because, you know, that was going to be a, a great game. Man. I was like, you mentioned the two top teams in the league. I think I saw a tweet from John Rothstein, um yesterday. I think Kevin Grady is averaging over 20 points a game in his last, you know, um, four games, I want to say, man. He's really starting to catch his drive for Davidson, man, so that was going to be a great game. But nonetheless, we have St. Louis is going to go to Richmond on Friday at 6.30, man. A matchup with the, the top two teams in the A-10 when it came to the preseason. You know, obviously both of these teams that kind of came upon, you know, a uh, rough patch lately. Obviously St. Louis having that pause and taking a loss to Dayton. And then Richmond, you know, suffering a loss to the South at home. You know, they were, they were able to rebound and got a win uh, over St. Joe's, you know. But it's kind of unfortunate that these two teams are playing each other right now when it's like, you know, you don't really want St. Louis to take that second straight loss because then that's going to drop them out of the top 25. Obviously, they're probably going to drop out regardless. You know, that's when you're going to kind of put them, put a damper on their season if they lose another game, you know, their, their second in a row after coming off pause. Um, man, Richmond, like they, I mean, like, like, like we mentioned, man, I mean, they can't take too many more losses, period. You know, so, um, you know, it's kind of a weird timing for this game. But nonetheless, Friday, 6.30, St. Louis, Richmond, going to be some great basketball played in that one. Um, then we got going to have UMass and uh, George Mason. You know, UMass is traveling to George Mason. Um, Mason is going to have a chance to move above 500 in conference play um, for the first time this season, man. So a sneaky, sneaky bunch um, in the Patriots, man. They, I think uh, Dave Paulson has done a good job coaching those guys, man, and getting them back on the right track as of late, man. So um, those are my games to watch in the 8-10. You know, in the MAC, we're going to have Manhattan at St. Peter's, which is definitely going to be an interesting series. Um, you know, two very good teams, two very talented teams, um, two great defensive teams, I might say. Um, St. Peter's, we all know, has the ability to kind of hold teams in that 40 to 50 range. And, you know, Manhattan is, has one game like that as well. They, they, they beat Quinnipiac in a game that was in the 40s earlier this season. So, you know, that might be another rock fight uh, this weekend, uh, uh, Manhattan okay. and St. Peter's. Book that. I, I I can almost guarantee you one of them games is gonna be played in the forties. At least at least one, if not both, of them games are gonna be played in the forties. I can almost guarantee it. 
literally. Um, so that's going to be a good game to watch. Oh, actually, no, not a good game to watch, you know, but it's going to be a, a pivotal game in the MAC. Um, but you're also going to have Mammoth um, and Niagara. You know, Mammoth actually got Paul. So, you know, according to his plan, the game is supposed to be played uh, Mammoth at Niagara. And they're going to have Quinnipiac at Canisius um, in a game that. You know, like I said, man, we're we're waiting for this Quinnipiac team to really get going. Um, you know, they they they've gotten a, a surprise. You know, for freshman Louis Courtright, who's kind of come back from injury and played very well um, off the bench. Um, Brendan McGuire just had a career high the other night, nineteen points and ten rebounds. So, I mean, Quinnipiac with with you know Brendan McGuire off the bench, Courtright off the bench. Um, Jamil Riggins had a, had a great game. Um, off the off the bench well for Quinnipiac, you know. So, um, I think we just need some a little bit more consistent. A little more consistent play, you know, from guys like Tyrese Williams in the starting lineup, man. But you know, I I think that you know, as you know, man, for playing for Coach Dunleavy, man, that's a team that usually, you know, gets better uh, as the season goes on, man. So you know, I'm just really just waiting for that team to really explode, man, and break through and get and, and, and get to. I know it's gonna come. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if it'll be this weekend just because we, you know, you know how hard it is to win in Buffalo, regardless, let alone winning two in a row in Buffalo. So. Um, you know, but nonetheless, those are my games that I have penciled on my calendar for this weekend. Yeah, and Kanisha is coming off pause, so that's gonna be that's gonna be something to watch. They haven't played a game since January second, and that's in that series that they swept St. Peter's. Um, so that that's definitely gonna be an interesting game, um, an interesting series to kind of keep an eye on. Um, because Kanisha is a good team, man. I mean, they're sitting, they're sitting at three and three in the MAC, but you know, when you're coming off pause, you haven't played. And, you know, three, the better part, for almost a month, honestly. I mean, it was January 1st and 2nd. This game is January 30th and 31st. So it's been almost a month since they played a basketball game. Quinnipiac, obviously, is, is, is back from their part. They've played a consecutive weekend, man. So, I think Quinnipiac has a good chance to definitely steal that first one. I think if they lose the first one, it's going to be tough. But um, I, th- I think if they can get that first one for sure, they'll be in play. I mean, you know, if you get that first one on the back-to-back, that confidence can, can do a lot for you in game two. So, um, I think Quinnipiac, I mean, if we said last week, you can't get swept. You can't get swept. Um, just just because you, you only want to kind of stay a little afloat in the standings. I mean, a, a win will get you. A split will get you to three and five. Getting swept would be, put you at two and six, and you'd be last place in the league. So that's definitely going to be a game to watch. Um, as you said, it's, it's extremely hard to win in Buffalo, and it's cold, man. It's, it's late January. It's going to be freezing cold over there in Buffalo, man. So um, definitely, definitely, will be intriguing to kind of see what happens with, with that matchup, man. But we'd be remiss. Uh, if we didn't mention it, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but Cobb and Morgan, the Battle of East and West Baltimore this weekend, me and Drew will be there live in action, man. Um, that's that's, that's, that's going to be a great game. Two rivals, two historic MIAC, um Baltimore teams, man. Uh, can't wait to get over and watch that one, man. So uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend in college basketball, man. There's, there's a lot of good games on the high major and the major um, schedule. For this. Actually, this weekend, also the SEC Big 12 Challenge, so there's going to be some great basketball all around this weekend, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, sure, I'm, I'm surprised, man. It's the, it's the first podcast that we did not mention Gonzaga at all, I don't think. Uh, this, we might have mentioned them briefly when we were talking about teams that go undefeated, man. But, you know, uh, I think that this is definitely a, a record, man. You know, so, hey, man, you know, from my Gonzaga listeners out there, you guys are out there, man, you know, we're, we're sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll get back with you guys, you know, next week. Nothing much to see here. We know what they're doing out there on the West Coast. You know, they're running through the conference. You know, like I said, I don't really see them losing anytime soon. But, you know, uh, I, I know for our, our Gonzaga stands out there that might tune in this podcast to hear us rave about the Bulldogs, you know, they didn't get that in this this podcast. But nonetheless, I'm sure we'll be seeing them very soon. For sure, for sure, man. Um, so that's going to be it for us, man. As always, make sure you like, subscribe, 
share, tell a friend to tell a friend, man, spread that good gospel about the auto bid. Make sure you follow us on social media at all facts media, um, on Instagram at all facts media on YouTube at all facts media website is all facts, media, inc.com. Make sure you got to tune into all of our content, man. Spread that good gospel about all facts. Maybe help us keep growing this thing. We appreciate every viewer, every listener, um, everybody that retweets our content, shares our content on your social media pages. It really does help and it really does go a long way. So we appreciate all of you guys, man. Until next time, we're going to let my guy pull up Tay, take us out with that good crank. See you next week, folks. It's time to get a check, boy. Check, boy. You want to sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? Take your best shot, I'm going to take your last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.